Thanks for tuning in. This is Coupled in Faith, a show that aims to give real-world answers to all questions about faith in God. We are your hosts, Brent in America, and we are passionate about helping others face their battles and grow their faith in God. In today's episode, we have two guests, my beautiful sisters, Faith and Brooklyn. We have actually asked them on the show today in honor of them officially being adopted this week into our family. It was a long 10 years, but here it is. So we have asked them to come on with us and just share a little bit about themselves. Now, before we get started, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Coupled in Faith. That's where we get to interact with you. And you can also send us any questions you have that you may want to be answered on the show. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. All right, so real quick, I'm just going to let Faith introduce herself. Hey, my name's Faith. I'm 11 years old. I'm a black belt in Taekwondo, and um, that's a little bit about me. All right, Brooklyn, how about you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Brooklyn. I'm 16 years old. I'm a junior in high school, and I'm also a cheerleader. All right, so Brooklyn, I want to ask you this. How old were you when you found your faith in God? Um, I believe I was about nine. I know I got baptized at 10, but I think I was about nine years old. Okay, Faith, what about you? Well, I actually accepted Jesus into my heart for the first time in kindergarten. Um, okay. But then I decided at 11 that I would recommit my life. And then um, a couple months later, I got baptized. Yeah, you were actually just baptized a few weeks ago, weren't you? Uh, yes. All right. Well, congratulations on that. That is definitely an awesome step. Okay, so today we actually just celebrated Brooklyn and Faith's adoption party. And legally, they've been welcomed into America's family. They've been family for 10 years now. I've known them for the past two, two and a half years since me and America's been together, and they are truly amazing kids. So I have a question for you girls. So what does being a Christian mean to you both? Brooklyn, you can go first. Um, being a Christian to me is knowing that Jesus is your only Savior, and He's the only way to heaven. Okay, Faith, go ahead. I um, agree with Brooklyn that being a Christian means knowing that Jesus is the only way to heaven and knowing that he died on the cross for your sin and that he rose again. That's good. All right, so Faith, while going through your adoption, how has your faith helped you? Well, I feel like it's really helped me know that it was all going to work out because there was some moments where I kind of doubted it a little bit because it took so long, but I feel like it really helped me know that it was all going to work out. What about you, Brooklyn? Did you ever have any times that you felt like it was maybe not going to work out? Considering that I'm 16 years old and I'll be out of the house in about a year and a half, yes, for sure. Because, um, I mean, it was 10 years since we moved here and we're, well, welcome to the welcome into the family. But now it's more official and now it just, I don't know. There's always been times where I feel like it wasn't going to work out. But now that it actually did happen, it's it's great. Yeah, and I think if I can speak a little bit to that, just of being their older sister, is that I think there has been times in both of their lives, because they were 15 months and six years old when they came to live with us. And there was some transition in between there where Faith wasn't with us for a short period of time. And then same thing with Brooklyn. Um, but they've been with us in our home for probably about the last, I guess, nine and a half years. Um, but we just say 10 to round up. 
But I definitely think there was the very beginning of it, some um, insecurities. And I think throughout the years there has been too, because, you know, when you are in a situation of being in a way orphaned, even though you have biological parents, but they're not being your parents, that you have a false sense of security. You don't know whether what house you're going to be in one night to the other. And although they didn't have to experience that a whole lot, Brooklyn more than Faith, they did have to experience that. And so I can only imagine, and just from hearing them over the years talk about it, that that has been difficult for them knowing for sure that we were their family and they weren't going to be placed anywhere else. And so I know that they have dealt with those struggles over the past few years. Has there any... Any time during that or, you know, going through childhood and becoming a teenager, has there any been any time that your faith has been tested through the struggles that you've been through in your life? I feel like, yes, kind of like exactly like you were saying about the adoption when I said that I kind of doubted for a little while that um, that it would have like we wouldn't have got adopted or anything. Did that kind of... Um, did that hinder you from being able to really get into worship or really kind of hear what the preacher was saying and be able to kind of understand it? Did it cause you to kind of have, I guess you would say, I mean, doubt in God being real if he is letting you go through this situation? Yes, I would say at one point in time, I actually like, I knew God was real, but I felt like that I I since I was like young, I didn't understand why I had to go through this, why I had mm-hmm. parents that weren't taking care of us like they needed to be. Yeah. yeah. And that's easy to feel, you know, especially going through anything like that. It's, you know, it's easy to, okay, well, I believe in God. I go to church, but why is he letting me go through this? If I'm being a good person, why is he letting me go through this? Yeah. I think the, the easiest way to put it is why we're able to go through things like this is because we're tested. Everybody's tested differently. Everybody's faith is tested. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, God will never let me go through something that is too strong for me to handle. But when, in fact, he lets you go through stuff that's too strong for you to handle so that you will rely on him more. So I have a question what has been the hardest thing of the last 10 years to adjust to by being in a family that you weren't born into? Definitely the questions. Like, there's always what people talk about at school, like how old our parents are, how many, how old your siblings are. And I'm saying my mom's 54, my dad's 60, and I have a 40-year-old sister and a 16-year-old niece. Like, it's definitely the questions that people have. And then going out in public they're like, oh, it's your grandmother or whatever. Like, no, it's my mom. That's definitely the hardest part is trying to explain to people. And then they're like, well, what happened? I'm like, I don't want to get into it. It's a long story. So mm-hmm. definitely a lot of the questions that are asked. Yeah, I completely agree with Brooklyn on that. Um, when I, uh, for instance, tell people I have a niece and I'm an aunt, um, people ask how old my niece and nephews are. And I'm like, they're older than me. <laughs> I'm the baby. <laughs> yeah. And... So, and then they're like, wait, how do, how are you, um, that age? And then especially when I go out with, um, America and my mom, they always think that she's my grandmother and America's my mom. So that's always been a crazy experience to explain. 
Yeah, and it's probably at times where you don't really want to explain it, right? Like yeah. you feel like it's none of their business and you don't want to explain it. So I know that has to be kind of hard as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Let me ask you this, Faith. How does the adoption make you appreciate your adoptive parents even more now that you it's official? Does it make you appreciate them even more? I actually think it does just because I know now it's like official and this is my forever home. I knew before, but now I knew like, by law, this is my official home and these are my official parents. And it makes me appreciate them for the things they do for me. And also from uh, sweeping me out of that bad situation, even with them being the age they are and already having grown kids almost and restarting. Brooke, now that it's official, does it feel even more? (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, for 10 years I could always say they're my mom and dad but then sometimes I look at it like they're really not my mom and dad Mm -hmm. so like I'm like how I don't know it just felt weird it took me the longest time to even have enough respect to call them mom and dad I'm like they are not my parents this is not my family these are my second cousins but then now that like when after you know said that we were doing the adoption everything then you know they chose me so it made me have a lot of respect to them Mm -hmm. knowing that they were taking me out of a situation and placed me in a way better place than I could have ever been in and given me a life that I would have never had. Yeah, and that's the thing that I always have tried to tell Faith in Brooklyn, and I hope I've told them enough to know, and she just said it, so I guess yes, that, you know, anybody can have children. Anybody can be a mother and a father, but not everybody can be a mom and dad. And not everyone gets to choose their children. They just have the kids that God gives them. Mm-hmm. And Faith and Brooklyn were handpicked by my parents, but also by God to be a part of our life. And they chose to be their mom and dad and take up that role. Okay, well, let me ask this. I know some people don't know, but me in America do help out with the youth at our church. We're in leadership with the youth. And youth is something that's really a... You know, it has a strong place in our heart to be able to help out with youth. Uh, I know the way the world's changed now, the way schools are being taught and different things that's being taught in this world, you know, it's going to kind of shift directions with this. And I want to ask, in school, is there any kind of animosity towards you by people or teenagers when they find out you're a Christian? Do they look at you differently um yeah for the most part well i don't hang out with a lot of people that aren't christians and don't have the same beliefs as me because then that involves a lot of peer pressure and a lot of judgment but whenever people find out that i am a christian sometimes i just have to even though i may want to say something christian like then i'm like should i say it around them will they will i be judged for saying that and then they may not want to hang out with me maybe i want to hang out with them but they're not want to hang out with me because i don't do the things that non-christians do and so I just feel like that I'll just be judged if I even try to be friends with them. But really, I should be, should be just sharing the Word of God with them. I feel the same way um, as Brooklyn does about that, actually. Like, I don't really hang out with a bunch of—I choose uh, by myself to not hang out with a bunch of people that do not know God and don't go to church or anything. But that does not mean to me that I can't still share the Word with somebody that doesn't believe— Mm-hmm. And God, so actually, yes, um, it was a couple months ago, this girl, she didn't believe in God at all. And so me and my friends were trying to just tell her, um, 
about God. And then we said, Jesus loves you. And she, she threatened us to, she beat us up. So, but that didn't make us stop. We just wanted to share the word with her. Yeah. We've all been called to share the word and we're all going to be criticized and we're going to be persecuted for our beliefs. And even at a young age, you see that persecution in the peer pressure that you feel in, you know, just seeing people your own age, the way they look at you for being a Christian. And unfortunately, that's not going to stop throughout your life. When you become a Christian, you're making a choice to go the road less traveled. It's the straight and narrow for a reason. It's a narrow road because not many people go down it or not. You know, the majority of the people are going through the broader path and they're going to hell. You know, I find it really astounding that y'all are at a young age and know that you're supposed to share the word and you want to share the word. Yeah, that's good. Um, And I just have a question like, you know, how I guess Faith kind of already explained how she overcome it. They kept, you know, saying, well, Jesus loves you anyways, you know, things like that. But how do you overcome those situations when someone does either pick on you for being a Christian and going to church or, you know, even the part where like, obviously we know you girls sin, we all sin. So when you, when somebody sees you do something wrong, have you ever had somebody like, Oh, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to do that. Like, how do you overcome that when they say things like that to you? Well, I overcome it by like telling them that being a Christian does not mean that you won't sin um, being a Christian, it it doesn't mean that you're this perfect person because the only perfect person in this world or, yeah, in this world is God and he will be the only one that's walked this earth that is perfect. And so that's what um, I tell them if they say that, oh, I thought you were a Christian. Like, you don't need to be doing that stuff if you're a Christian. But people are going to sin either way. So that's how I always put it. For me, it's knowing that I have a Savior that died for my sins, and I have to tell people that. And now being like a lukewarm Christian, doing things like sitting on purpose, doing things you know you shouldn't do all the time, that's different. But if it's just like minor sins and people are like, well, why would you do that? Then I'm like, oh, well, people sin, and you have a Savior that can forgive you for that. But that's just kind of how I have to overcome it. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think people who aren't Christians think, you know, we think we're perfect. No, like I always say, we just, the difference between somebody who's not a Christian is, is that we know that we're doing something wrong and we're trying to fix it. We know that we're not perfect, but we serve a perfect God. So you kind of mentioned a while ago, Faith, about, you know, being able to share the word with somebody, share about God with somebody that didn't believe. If you could talk to anybody your age— Anybody, you know, that's does not believe in God, what would you what would you tell them? Well, I wouldn't bash them and tell them you are awful because you don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. I would kind of explain to them who Jesus is, that he came to this earth and died for our sin. I think I'd explain to them that, well, you're not perfect and you might have not been raised in the same family or home that I have been raised in and may not go to church. And so if they if they maybe don't believe that stuff, I will go home and I'll I'll pray for them. 
Because I think prayer for me is like a really strong thing that can change something. Uh, what about you, Brooke? What would you tell them? Um, Lynn, we the same thing about that Jesus is someone who come to the earth and he died for our sins. He hung on the cross for us. And so you can be forgiven and there's always like a second chance. He will always give you second chances, no matter how bad you've messed up, no matter how much stuff you've done. If you just turn to him, then you can go to heaven like you can. Yeah, it doesn't matter how far away that you walk away from God's calling in your life. He will always accept you back. Now, we may add chapters to our book that God never intended for us, but he'll always accept us back. That's a really good Brooklyn. It's very, and Faith, too. That's It makes me proud as a sister to hear <laughs> you guys say these things. And I know it'll make mom and dad proud to hear these things. Like, you are very well-rounded and educated in your faith. And that's something that speaks volumes in this generation that we have right now. Because in this generation right now, they don't care what anybody thinks. They don't care if they think they're a Christian, not a Christian, whatever, because most of them aren't. And they are just living by the world. And I'm so grateful to have two young girls that are a part of my life that I've gotten to have a hand in helping raise to be strong women of God. And I pray over both of you that you one day find a man that is that covering for you and is a good, godly man and just adds to what God has already provided in you both. Yeah, and I think that's something that as they see our relationship and see the way we serve God and you know, that's something, and even your parents, how they see them, you know, go to church and how they see them, you know, live a, a Christian life. And they've raised them, you know, to be amazing young women of God. And we have to hold ourselves accountable to them as well, you know, in our relationship so that they can see, hey, that's the type of relationship I want when I get older. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just want to say this, neither of these girls, nor me nor Brent, are perfect. We've said that before. We're going to say it again. There is the mistakes that Faith has made. There's the mistakes that Brooklyn has made, Brent, and me as well. And we are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. And just because we're coming on here speaking to you about things you've been through and things that we're talking about in Christ and, and being a Christian, we fall and fail every day and we repent daily for the things that we've done wrong. We are just striving for excellence, not perfection, because we'll never be perfect. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask this. We've asked about what you would tell, you know, someone that's lost, someone that doesn't know Jesus. We've asked that of what you would tell them. But what would you tell, say, a friend of yours? What would be your best advice for a friend that seems to be struggling? They're struggling with their faith. They're, you know, kind of doubting God. They're doubting their beliefs. What would you tell them to kind of encourage them? The best thing for me has always been praying. Like I pray all the time, morning, night, during the day, anytime that I feel anything that I'm doubting or anything. I literally just pray and also worship music. Like, it's not just listening to it. It's actually understanding the words. And sometimes mm. I don't even sing it. I just, like, say the words. And it does help. And it is, I mean, that's what helps me if I'm ever doubting anything or struggling with anything is just doing that. I agree with Brooklyn on the worship and prayer. But my, 
Well, when my friends are struggling and they're doubting God, I just say, God's got you. No matter what wrong turn you make, no matter where you go, God has got you. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I just want to say today we had their adoption party. I've got to know these two over the past, like I said, two and a half years. Yes, there's been things, you know, they mess up just like any kid. They might get a little, you know, where they want to talk back. They might want to act out, not do exactly what their parents say to do. I mean, we all went through that as a kid. Everything that I've seen them go through is things that I've went through as a kid. America, you've went through as a kid. It's normal things. But one thing that I see that's awesome that I was not as good at as a kid is their faith in God. I knew who God was. You know, I was not nearly as strong in my faith as them. And I I just want to commend them for how well-rounded they are. Like America said, how well-rounded in their faith they are. It's absolutely amazing. And, you know, it's an honor for me to call them my sister-in-laws. Yeah, and it's an honor for me to call them my sisters. And I just want to say this, you know, this has been a long road for them both. And for them to have such strong faith in the Lord through all they've been through is quite impressive, especially coming from a place where their bio family did not trust in God, did not have a relationship with him, wasn't involved in church like they should have been and have a true relationship with Christ. And so I think it's so beautiful that God thought of them enough and thought they were going to be such wonderful women of God that he placed them intricately into a family that is not perfect and very far from it. We're, we're not perfect, but that we love God and have a relationship with him and that they have two parents who are raising them to love God, know God and know who they are in Christ, not who the world says they are, but who God says they are and how beautiful that is, and what a symphony God has written over their lives for them and orchestrated their life in such a perfect way that they have a story to tell and a testimony that could change the world. Because there are so many kids like them that have been through what they've been through and even worse and didn't come out on the other side like they did. And people need to hear their story. And I just want to ask this, if you could say, however long you girls want to take, want to say something to mom and dad and the people who have poured into your life for the last 10 years. I want you to say what's on your heart. I just want to say this towards um, my family, my immediate family, like my sisters and my uh, all my four sisters and uh, my nieces and nephew. Um, I appreciate all of y'all that have loved me and cared about me enough more than my actual uh, biological family, like y'all have all cared about me. Even Brent, he's cared about me more than my biological parents. And I just want to say thank y'all to all y'all. Yes, I want to say thank you to mom and dad and all of my other family and America because I mean, I do have an older sister, but she, I mean, she's only, we're only two years apart, but she does not come from the same, we do not have the same morals at all. And going to her with advice, she's not going to give me the Christian advice. She's going to give me her advice and what she thinks okay. And she's been through it too. 
And I just like having people around me and that I can just trust because I was I did not have that. And going through so many different homes in different places, everyone had different religious beliefs. Some didn't believe in Jesus and some did. And then I never, and I just couldn't trust anyone. It took me years to finally be able to trust people that I do have now. And I just want to say thank you to everyone in my family. And y'all, I don't know, but y'all weren't jealous because, I mean, I'm America, for example, like she was the only child for a long time. And it, we come into her life whenever she was like 18 years old. So she could have been so jealous and not welcoming, but she wasn't. I just want to say thank you. I just want to take a minute, and I did not let y'all know I was going to ask y'all to do this, but I want to give y'all a shot to, or a chance to spread the word of God. I want you to, real quick, just give me your favorite Bible verse and tell me what it means to you. Okay, I know this is so basic, but it's Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because there's been so many times in my life where I feel like I couldn't do anything because I didn't feel like I didn't know what was going on. To be honest, I mean, really real, I did not think I'd make it this far in my life. I mean, I didn't really think I'd be 16 years old and I didn't think I'd be sitting in front of a microphone sharing anything about Jesus. And it just means that I can, with him, I was able to make it this far. Without him, I would never have. I don't know. I just, I know I wouldn't be here without him. So it just reminds me every day that. I can wake up and I can, as long as I'm with him, that I can do anything that I want to. That'll preach right there. Um, Mine's a little basic too, but this one's actually hanging on our bathroom wall. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you future and hope. Uh, That uh, stands out to me because through these the hard times I've had, that God has a plan for me. And they're not for disaster, but they're for a, a good future. Like now we're in a better future and to give you hope. Amen. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Coupled in Faith. Remember to subscribe and please rate and review our podcast. New episodes will release every Tuesday. We hope you enjoyed. And remember, Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you. you.